Hey, Paul, why do you keep standing up and sitting down again? I don't know, man. What's going on? Get a grip on yourself. I can't. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Three Views On podcast. Paul, you are behaving very weird today. Um, Is there a reason you keep standing up and sitting down again? Well, Michael, it is almost as if I do not have control over myself. And that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, We have our friend... um, Sean. Uh, Sean, of course. I had Simon. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you're Simon and you're Paul. Sean. We have Sean back uh, for a second episode. Thanks for joining us again this week. Um, how's your week Thanks been, Sean? Thanks for having me back again. No worries. How's your week been? Oh, my week's been great. Yeah, back in uh, back in Tassie now. Back where I was up in Queensland before. But yeah, back cool. In Enjoying the, cool. Uh, the the cooler weather compared to. Oh, it's nice to have seasons. Queensland seems to be hot and wet or hot and dry, so it's nice to have a bit of <laughs> variation here and there. A bit of season each day. I yeah. really like hearing the positivity about Tassie. I mean, we, we bag ourselves out so much and we and we take for granted how beautiful the weather actually is, you know, the, the, the different colour palette we get year-round and things like that. I don't like to talk it up too much because uh, Tassie really doesn't need too many more people coming down, but it's a beautiful true. part of the world and it's it's a great place to be. That's, we you need s- to be doing that. We need to actually be sending out some false information saying it's a desolate wasteland that is minus three at all times. Because I, I mean, geez, we, yeah, you're right. We don't need too many more people. Well, prices, uh, like property prices, could, are already too high. Maybe we could get the uh, the uh, program developers in the simulation world to uh, change it a little bit so people don't like it as much. Just I, a small I, tweak. I think also I've been noticing a lot of lizard men wandering around. I mean, I can't confirm <laughs> or deny. But there have been some strange people wandering into, you know, where the car park, Argyle Street car park is? Yeah. The stairs that go down to Woolworths. I'm sure I've seen an extra flight of stands going oh, down dear. to another level. Well, that is well telegraphed, uh, Michael. Um, and well telegraphed, Sean, because, yes, we're doing an episode on simulation theory, which is basically Sean has set himself up here to be the expert. Because none of us really have much of an idea of what's going on with that. It's another one of those mind-bending sorts of things with are we really who we are. Um, yet again, it's another one. It's I don't believe it's provable, but it's one of those theories where where do we where do we sit in time and space? Um, are we just a, a part of a simulation similar to the the games, the the Sims and the Second Life and all those sorts of games that we mm. had? Where are we actually being controlled? Uh, on somebody's computer are we just part of somebody's game there where they sort of manipulate what we do and we're not really responsible for anything that sort of goes on mm. all right that's that's a good little explanation there i like that yeah i suppose uh, you've probably got two main kind of ideas here with simulation theory i suppose the one that you've talked about now which is sort of the sims where someone's controlling our lives and i guess it, does does the truman show kind of simulation is that in, under simulation theory as well um, I think that's quite often mentioned. Um, yet again, it, it's it's another one of those theories that's not really provable, but gains a lot of um, gains a lot of momentum amongst the the conspiracy theory world, I guess. Um, but yes, the, the Truman Show is another one of those things where people are manipulated into sort of doing doing things and having a, this false world. Um, I guess the, the main one that you would see it from is The Matrix, for anyone who's old enough to have seen mm. The Matrix. Um, and in, in The Matrix, uh, the people are actual actually real, but they're in this altered reality. And from that, um, the, the energy that they create is used to power the bigger machine. 
Mm, yeah, there's a similar kind of thing if you're a, a bit of a Marvel fan watching through uh, the Agents of Shield at the moment. Uh, they, they they do the they talk about a matrix like a reality for a while there. Same kind of idea. They're plugged into a computer. They're they're alive, but they're not aware of actual life. They're they're in this simulation program. And that's that's been one of the things that sort of comes up as well with uh, things like the pyramids in Machu Picchu and those sorts of places where we don't really know how they were built. We don't really know who built them. Were they built hmm. by aliens, or was the game reset at some point and this is just a remnant of the of the previous game? One of the one of the interesting things I think about the Truman Show is that it's pre-internet and pre-computer data-driven kind of things. It's uh, so it was, it was it's the kind of thing that's flagged a long time before mm. our modern age, where we're thinking about simulations and things. I think it's an interesting variation upon a theme that you mentioned that, and this is a little bit of a tangent, Simon. But I think um, the Truman Show has gone to be from being someone's worst nightmare. To people's main aspiration, like <laughs> weirdly wrong. now You're everyone's everyone's like live streaming everything. They're letting people in constantly. Hey, look at me do this. I'm just going to go out shop and I'll film it and put it on Twitch. Like <laughs> it's it's de- like depressingly become uh, a goal for some people, hasn't it? You know, people wrong. are obsessed with their own uh, making sure that they get their own privacy as well, where they put it all out there on for everyone to see. Exactly. Now I'm uh, now I've heard Sean in the dabbling that I've done that if we can create a simulation context where we can have um, members of that simulation, um, maybe they're digital themselves, they're in a program, and they themselves have autonomy and they can then um, grow and develop technology and eventually build a society where there are computers and whatever, if, mm. if we can create that circumstance, that's actually a compelling proof that we are in um, one of those sorts of simulations. <laughs> yeah, yeah wow. well, I guess that, and that's a good point to touch on because a lot of the theory that comes from it, from what I've heard, is that the only thing you know about in our lives, the only thing you know for sure that exists 100% of the time is yourself mm-hmm. because you don't know what experiences people are having. Are they just these sorts of people that float in and float out when the game determines it so are you the only thing that's real and this is where the real mind bendy stuff because i'm sure you've been stuck behind those drivers that are doing 20ks under the speed limit and then they pull off and then somebody else pulls in and does exactly the Mm. same thing and you have to think is that a real person or are they just put there to to irritate (laughs) me because i can't get around them and they're slowing me down and i need to get somewhere some there is some of the late year old kid on the on the main computer Mm. sneaking in and annoying you (laughs) Yeah, but there's also back to the powering the machine type belief that, um, and this was part of, we spoke about David Icke and the lizard people before and that the lizard people thrive on the negative energy. And so part of that simulation theory goes into is that uh, negative energy driving some sort of bigger machine that we're all part of to be able to to power whatever it is because we we exist um, in one teenage kid's bedroom in a in a bigger sort of sphere. You're blowing, so. you're blowing my mind here. No, mm. it gets worse. And then from there, you can, <laughs> you can, you know, when the game resets or there's things that need to change and then you can, if you want to expand it even further, you can look at time travel. Time travel is another one of these things that, that stems from there as well. Yeah, let's, let's, let's dive into time travel. We've done an episode on time travel before or in the future. <laughs> or in the, I can't remember exactly where it fits in the timeline. Uh, but tell us, well, how does how – does they seem like two completely separate things. How can time travel fit in with simulation theory? 
Well, if, if nothing's really real and you want to reverse something or you want to reset something or something dies in the game and you want to go back and change it, mm. um, it it's a pretty long bow to draw. I think that um, having the time travel, because we think of time as in a, a linear fashion, so it's a straight line where mm. events occur one after the other. Um, but there are some theories out there, yet again, that I've heard um, and, and where they think that History may not so much be linear, but it may actually be concurrent. So things that are happening in a Bronze Age in one area might be the medieval ages in another part. So Europe's going through, say, its medieval ages, whereas, you know, some parts of Asia are going through uh, the Ming Dynasty, whereas they may have only occurred. And it's one of those sorts of theories where, you know, is, is, and I guess it's where... um, I think it's the there's religious beliefs that we're only four thousand years old and that the mm. dinosaurs didn't exist and those sorts of things. But one of the thoughts is, and yet again, not my thought, um, but did history occur concurrently, um, and that uh, you know our history isn't as long as we think it is because bookkeeping's shoddy at best. Mm. So, like we're in in a game of Age of Empires. And, and Paul's tribe over well, there yeah, has already so, yeah, advanced to the Bronze Age, that's, and that's I'm still back in the Stone Age. I'm brand new at this game. That's crazy. Mind you, let me just pause for a brief anecdote. I remember playing Age of Empires, and I thought that if I didn't advance, the other guys wouldn't either. Not so true. I, I built this like Stone Age empire and got walloped by a couple of trebuchets <laughs> very quick, in yeah. the world's shortest <laughs> battle. So, yeah, for all of you budding young players out there, that's not going to work for you. You can't restrict others by slowing yourself down. But here's the thing. If you were playing Age of Empires on a map that was the size of the Earth and was separated by several continental uh, water masses, could they advance at different rates and could we be recording time differently? You've gone way too deep. You've gone way too deep. Yeah. And most of, the, <laughs> most of this, I mean, it is so deep that it basically deals with, as you said, Sean, things that we can't know or test. Um, we, we can't know that we're in a simulation because this, if the simulation is as cohesive as it would be if this world is a simulation, there is no real, there's no getting outside of it. No. Um, I, have you guys seen, now this is a bit of a branch on a branch. So you've got The Matrix, which we mentioned earlier. Mm. There was a series of animated shorts that came out with the original Matrix called really? The Animatrix. Never, Never heard, heard of it. it. Okay, so it was Jinx. interesting because they it was uh, it tracked one of these short films tracked people um, who excelled in particular fields. One of them was a hundred meter sprinter, um, mm. and he essentially was hurling himself down the track with such tenacity and with such speed and exertion that he, in effect, broke himself out of the simulation um, and then and then woke up. Outside of the world, so like you... a, it's like a Barry Allen, you know, running through the speed force kind of thing and time travel. Eighty-eight miles per hour. Well, oh, yeah. Look, there, there's just been six references in a row. There. That's <laughs> too many. Have you have you seen that, Sean? Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. You mean the popular culture, or as in real life? I haven't seen it for real. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The, the pop culture. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Look. I... I don't know. Time travel is another one of those things that just really rips your head open because, you know, how can we go back to things that have already begun or uh, that have already been done and have been finished? And how can we interact in there without affecting what happens? And, um, you know, there's all those things like the butterfly effect Mm -hmm. and the the grand, I think it's called the grandfather effect where, 
um, the best way to explain it is, is if you are shooting a snooker ball and you've hit the ball and then come back and sh- take that shot again, then the ball has already moved. So you've changed the way that that's going to mm-hmm. happen in the future. So I guess uh, if you're talking about flash references, it's where Barry Allen goes back and saves his mother and creates the divergent path. Oh, Sean, you and I have just become deeper friends. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Have the, um, have those, you know, those diversion paths that are running parallel to each other, which then, you know, is you talk about time travel again, are we then jumping between time travels or are we jumping between, um, you know, parallel universes and those sorts of things. And it just gets bigger and bigger. What is Um, time if it's not a parallel? I th- I think you meant that to sound profound, but I don't think it means anything. <laughs> I, I don't think you've actually said anything there, Michael. <laughs> um, yes, okay. Time travel. Now there are, from what I understand, Sean, there are some interesting. There's some interesting uh, photography which provides um, cause for concern in this area. Yeah, well, there's all the different sorts of uh, yet again all all easily accessible on YouTube, and you you go down that wormhole of YouTube where you have a get on YouTube and think you'll have a look at one thing at eight o'clock, and <laughs> the way YouTube is, you you click on something else and something else, something else, and it's suddenly three in the morning and you yes. get up at seven. Um, <laughs> and there's all these different things um, about people wearing different sunglasses and different clothes that aren't part of the era, and uh, there was a I think it was a Charlie Chaplin movie where it looks to be a woman behind him in in one of the the cutout scenes actually picks up and puts a, a mobile phone to her ear, mm. um, like she's talking on a phone. But I don't know. A lot of these photos seem to be around people wearing wraparound sunglasses or carrying mobile phones, which mm. you know I, I don't really place a lot of faith in. But there's certainly people who are convinced that with time traveling um, that. There are people who have done it and carrying modern technology. And, of course, we didn't pick it up earlier because the technology has only been invented recently. So are they coming from the future, us or from behind? And certainly there's a lot of alien conspiracy theories that say that aliens, the little green aliens that we see, are actually us from a couple of thousand or tens of thousand years in the future where um, they're time traveling because something hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a famous case of, uh, uh, what was his name? John Titor, um, who appeared in the late nineties on different message boards. And I don't know if you remember from the nineties, um, the message boards were very DOS based, very straightforward. Mm. Yeah. Um, where he said, I'm a time traveler and I've gone back to get a, I don't know the type of computer, but it was basically worked on the Linux, um, mm-hmm. system, um, rather than, and because there's only a certain amount of time, all that stuff dies in the future all their machinery mm-hmm. dies in the future because it has a, a in 2038 it dies because there's a 2000 there's a y2k type bug mm-hmm. that infects them um, the 16-bit systems or the 8-bit systems i'm not a computer person so it's sort of be 16 yes you're not wrong i understand exactly what you're talking about yes so um there is yeah all this sort of thing and yet again there's these people that absolutely believe it i, I just yeah, it, it hurts my head a bit when you start to really look into the possibility and the effects of time travel and what more why people don't want to just live in the now rather than <laughs> having to know what's coming up in the future. Yeah, I think time travel is one of those things. I don't know what you guys think, but mm. it taps in within something so deep in us because, because as we mentioned earlier, there is this strict linear progression to the way things happen. We live in a very kind of strict cause and effect universe where things happening 
be as a result of other things happen mm. happening. Mm. Uh, and we all like from a very emotional and psychological uh, at a very emotional psychological level, we have done things. And we would almost give anything to take them back. I'm sure we've we, yeah. we've we've been in situations like that before, haven't we? Oh yeah. Even even not just to go back and change, just to re-experience or or have another minute. That's right. If only I could go back there, like that kind. Of, so I think within within people such as ourselves, um, that is one of our deepest desires to either go back and change, go back and re-experience um, that. We would almost want that to be true. I think there might even be a level of motivation that comes from in considering these things. Yeah, yeah. The um, the whole time travel thing, I, I think, is something we all want. But as you start to find people who really look into it, there's a whole host of problems. And you end up with very... I mean, for people who've wrapped their, tried to wrap their brain around time travel you start to see that look in their eyes that says where you've gone is a little bit beyond what makes people sane. Have you seen that before? I have. I, I have indeed. I mean, there, there is the idea that once you start messing with this stuff, everything breaks. I mean, we mentioned the grandfather paradox before, which is like what would happen if you went back in time and killed your own grandfather yeah. and then you destroy your biological line and then what happens to you? Like does the universe get rent in half at that point? Like do, do mm. we all divide by zero and cease to exist? Or like what what happens? Mm. There is just a, these myriad consequences to changing even the smallest Thing. But then, but then the paradox in that is, is that if you go back and kill your grandfather and you no longer exist, then you couldn't have gone back and killed your grandfather. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's the paradox. The golden paradox. Go kill, yeah. So it, it's going down that with that that wormhole that you just sort of think, oh my god, <laughs> so, um, yeah. You know, where do I stop? Yeah, we've we've talked a lot about sort of some theories as to what this would look like. What I'd like to know now, Sean, is um, what are the facts? Can you give us five facts to support time traveling simulation theory? Five try, facts. Try and convince <laughs> me that this is true. Didn't we discuss no. the fact that there were no facts? But anyway, anyway <laughs> sorry. I want to know where's the evidence? Where's where's uh, there are some diehard people out there who believe this to be uh, beyond any shadow of a doubt true? What, what, yeah, what are the linchpins? I don't know that I could actually come up with. Five. I don't know that I could actually come up with one that would convince myself. I just can't <laughs> see how that time does happen and. I certainly don't understand the science and things behind it. I think um, the way I sort of think that time travel would be possible is is probably of two different ways. So if you, you think about um, we have dimensions, mm -hmm. one was explained and it was in one of those Morgan Freeman um, explaining space sorts of shows where dimensions are like sheets hanging on the washing line. Mm -hmm. So you've got a set of sheets hanging on the washing line. And when that every sheet is a different dimension, and when the wind blows, they touch in certain places. And mm -hmm. it's at those points that the um, dimensions touch together, and that allows interdimensional travel. Wow. So when you can move into between those travels, it's at those moments, and that's why it's so unreliable. Now, whether one dimension is in 1948 and the other one is in 1073, and you move in between them not knowing when it's going to happen, that's one way, and I, you know, if you can believe in those different dimensions and alternate dimensions happening, I think that's quite possible. Mm -hmm. um, the other way I think of it is rather than being linear, time is more like a corkscrew. Yeah. So as the corkscrew goes along, 
time is occurring it's evolving it's rolling so you can jump from one point on the corkscrew to the other but it's easier to jump from one point to the other which may be 50 years it may be 500 years mm. rather than travel in a straight line does yeah, that make wow. sense it does it does and um it also like as you were saying that sean it strikes me that time travel some theories of time travel appear to be some of the most truly isolating things uh that you can ever experience so i don't know if you guys ever got into doctor who mm. but there was a uh, an episode where they had these angels and what they'd do is they would no, i believe blink. i believe this is what it was they'd capture you well they'd get a hold of you and they would use the rest of your potential life energy to feed off mm. and they'd boost you back in history a couple of hundred years um, where you would effectively have no you would be of no consequence um, mm. and and talk about isolated like you are there then you no one you ever known or have ever run into uh, their great-grandparents don't even exist you don't know mm. any technology you have no house you have no anything all that you know is gone I mean that's I mean, it taps into something very primal, like a very primal fear. Yes, I think. the weaponized time travel is something we we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, just you just boot someone back, and they have no. But the the craziest thing about this, I think, was that in this episode of Doctor Who, I loved it. Um, what happened was a, two girls went into a house together. Mm. One of them disappeared. As she disappeared, there's a knock at the door. And, and then, her. so that, no, it's not her. Oh, okay. Think, yeah, think bigger ahead. than this, yeah, Simon. Yeah. Think bigger. Um, and so, knock, knock, knock. And she comes in, and it's a, it's a, it's a new lady, one you haven't been introduced yet. And she hands a letter to one of the girls who uh-huh. entered the house. The letter is from her partner, who got sent back, and the one who delivered it was um, her partner's like great, great, great granddaughter. Yep. Um, yeah. And so, and there'd been instructions passed down um, from generation her, yeah, generation, generation by generation. Be here at this time, at this place. It's imperative you do. So, man, I mean, you, the <laughs> stories you can spin on this sort of stuff mm-hmm. are fantastic. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, the time traveling, messing with the an- the angels, and the whole Blink series of episodes is some of my favourite in Doctor Who, because they just they really tap into that what would really happen if time was messed with, not by someone in control of time, but by some kind of enemy dealing with time, which is a whole weird and terrifying Legends of world. Tomorrow did that as well, I think. Um, they do it is, constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Legends of Tomorrow, just um, the the outcasts of The Flash and Arrow, the, the mm. pretty average characters who just got their own TV show about time travel. Um, and, yeah, they, they just go to all different places in history and cause problems and yeah, wow. um, yeah, and the bad guys, they have a similar thing in that. They had the Legion of Doom who are all these bad guys from the future and the past and they all just kind of wrought havoc, mm. you know, trying to give the Nazis the nuclear bomb first and all this kind of thing. It's very interesting. Oh, boy. Now, here's the thing, Sean. My question to you is if this was a simulation, would you do anything differently? I don't think I'd have that choice. No, I mean, and that's a thing where there's a level on which all this knowledge, especially about simulation theory from what I've grasped, is not very pragmatic. Like you can't really bring it to bear on your life because if it was a simulation, like I would do, there's nothing I would do differently. Like I'm happy with how I'm tracking at the moment. I'm playing as if it's real. Uh, <laughs> short of letting everything in my life go to seed and just giving up on everything, I don't think I could actually really utilise that information. 
And it's like that line in The Matrix where he's sitting, um, I think he's sitting and talking to Agent Smith, one of the characters, and he's sitting eating a piece of steak and he says, I know this isn't real, but it tastes so good. And mm-hmm. so, what, you know, blue pill, red pill, would you change it? Do you want to know? And how would your life be improved by, by knowing? So, exactly. Yeah, we we've got a lot of control over these things, but we really don't. So, I don't, I don't know that I'd change anything either. Like, <sighs> mm. All right. I think I've got a way to wrap this up. Do it. All right. So, occasionally I, I do dabble in The Sims. Uh, we all play <laughs> computer games. Here's, here's my takeaway lesson for today's episode. We'll wrap up with this. Yeah, right. Okay. Next time you play The Sims. Just keep in mind that you could be controlling an entire human race. Let that sink in. That's heavy. And change how you play games because you never know. Never know if you're taking that choice away from someone. When you click on that sim and tell them to go to the toilet, that could be that could be you. I don't know if that my could be someone controlling you telling you. I don't to go know to the if toilet. my Pentium two computer is actually <laughs> capable of supporting an entire human ecosystem, but I take your point, Michael. I you take go. your so point. Think about that next time you play it. Look, Sean, thank you so much for being on these episodes with us. We really appreciate thank it. Thanks very much, guys. I appreciate it as well. Thanks for having me on. Well, guys, look, keep living the dream. It's been real.